Hello, this is In My Humble Opinion with Chaz Douglas, and I got a very special guest. I got my cousin, my lovely cousin, Nina Davis, on today. Um, you know, Nina, you like, you're going to my first relative on here, too. So um, before I begin, I did want to say this about you. So, um, you know, being in education, you know, like, I want to thank you. One, like, because you were a big inspiration to me, Aww. you know, as far as like, um, you know, even going to the same school, like you went to Eastern right. Michigan and everything like that. Go Eagles. <laughs> and so I, I do want to thank you for that. Like, you know, I really looked up to you and it was uh, you helped me along along the, the journey and everything. And I, I appreciate your support and everything. And I, I say like one thing that. I needed to mature in at least, you know, some years ago is like making sure that I, you know, like the Lord had to deal with me on like making sure that I understood everybody has a different path. Like even though we're in the same field and everything, you know, we have a different path and different timeline because, you know, I say like, you know, and it just life happens with, you know, different, different things. You know, I look at, you and it was some other, you know, some some of my other mentor, like a mentor, Doctor Dibs, which I'm gonna have him on, and just and you know individuals that around that were around my age, and I'm like, okay, they got this position, and I'm like, you know, you can kind of get down on yourself because like, okay, I'm not here yet, and so right. um, I did, you know, when I did get those positions, and you know, became, you know, got into more leadership into administration, I do understand, like, I'm glad I didn't get it when I wanted it right because i would i didn't have this yeah you know it was yeah. just yeah it just didn't have the, the skills or experience that i needed to be you know successful or to to do a good job so i i am glad that it was some it, you know it was delayed you know and then you yeah. helped me you know you helped me a lot with you know getting those you know getting those positions and and i could call you with you know different questions and you you you've been helpful with that Yes, well, I, you know, absolutely. And I'm, let me first say, I am truly humbled to be here with you, with my little cousin who's doing big things. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you and your success. And like you said, you know, your success on your time and on God's time, because we can't, you know, make our timelines be someone else's timeline mm-hmm. or, or look to other people and expect to have, you know, the same journey that they have, because each of us have our own journey. And you know, that needs to happen again when it when it truly is our time and when it's right for us. Mm-hmm. Speaking speaking of like, you know, time and everything, what would you say being a a young black administrator, what were like some of your challenges that you had, you know, stepping into leadership and how did you overcome those challenges? So, um, you know, I think there's so many challenges I could talk about. So I'm I'm going to try to um, not go on a tangent here and talk forever. But I think one of the, the most, um, the biggest challenge that I faced in the beginning being um, just being young. I mean, black is a whole nother thing. But being young, I was often supervising those that were much older than me. Um, and mm-hmm. so I had to understand that, you know, um, there is a level of ageism. Um, in all industries. Um, and so I had to, you know, 
understand that and and make sure that I presented myself in a way that first and foremost, they knew I was a professional, you know, regardless of my age. Um, but then when you throw color into the mix, I oftentimes was a black young administrator in suburban areas mm-hmm. where there weren't many people that looked like me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a whole nother level um, of, of doubt that, you know, they, they throw on you sometimes because they may have preconceived ignorances because they don't know. Um, you know, and, and I look at it as that it was just um, ignorance because sometimes I had to teach, you know, a, about maybe, you know, African-Americans because they hadn't encountered African-Americans before. And their mm-hmm. only perception was what they saw, you know, in on the news, on media, on TV, um, those type of things. So, you know, just sometimes I had to look, work a little bit harder um, for what it seemed to me to be to earn credibility and respect. Um, but I, I accepted that challenge and I knew those challenges going into um, the position. So I will say one thing that helped me was having mentors who had, you know, gone that path before um, mm-hmm. and kind of knew some things uh, to, to school me in a sense, to let me know that these are some challenges that you're going to face. Here are some things that you may want to consider. With that, do you feel like you were able to win people? Now, nah, I don't want to say win people over, but do yeah. you feel like you got the respect after you did certain things that yeah. you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Because do you think you got that respect after you implemented those, the professionalism and, and, and ways that you taught your your employees? Absolutely. I think, you know, um, I, I had to also earn that respect. And I, I went in, you know, knowing that I, I never um, wavered in, in who I am. So that's one thing I will say is that, you know, in these situations, you will be tested. Um, so, you know, I, I do a lot of trainings. And one thing I talk about is you need to know your values. You need to know what you stand for, what you believe. And you need, you need to know that, you know, go into those situations and never waver on those things. So for me, you know, some of those things are family is really important to me. You know, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's one of my, my values that, you know, I hold very high. Um, and so in the workplace, I let my, you know, employers know that family is really important to me. So mm-hmm. part of me being your supervisor, I want to know who your family is. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you leave here, those things that you do. So I got to know people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I think that earned a lot of respect because, um, you know, people want to know that you value who they are outside mm-hmm. of the work that they do also. Yeah. Um, because when we leave our jobs, we have a whole nother life. You know, we, we have we have other things that, you know, are important to us. And so, you know, that was one of the things I think that helped me um, as well as, you know, I put students first as okay, an educator. Yeah. That was that was, you know, and I, and I led with that. And I would tell people these these decisions may not make you happy, but I want you to know I'm making them in the best interest of students mm. because that's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That That's, that's good. So I I remember um, maybe a few months back we talked about, you know, we were talking about like suburban schools, urban schools. Mm -hmm. And I never looked at it like that until we had that conversation. How you said a lot of times because I worked in and now going back into I wouldn't consider ham traveling not really suburban, but it's just a different demographic. And so coming back into a different demographic you know, you can kind of, and I, I, I would talk to some of my colleagues that were that were working in urban ed and and the conversation that we had as far as, 
you saying that in urban ed is a lot of times is survival compared to suburban school where it's like you're able to have a certain level of professional development and prepare you for teaching. And so like right now, like I was in urban ed for, I mean, probably almost half and half, you know, so maybe like six, seven years. And I can see, I, you know, the, the difference as far as like now, you know, being out of urban ed for, you know, this is my first year since probably 2015 that I've been Mm -hmm. working in a different demographic where you can focus on like teaching and learning Mm -hmm. and not more. And and, and it's not a lot of time, you know, dedicated to behavior and discipline Mm -hmm. and everything. So like, can you, you know, talk about that? And then what do you feel like? And I know this is, you know, this is kind of like, uh, fantasy or like a hype you know like how if you if you could if you had the money or if you had the power what do you think could be implemented in urban schools that can have them at a similar you know level of academic achievement is suburban schools so that's a, that's such an interesting question. Um, and it's interesting you asked me this question because I do a podcast. And one of the questions I always end with is if you have one wish, what's that one wish you would have, you know, for, for education? Um, and I don't even know how to answer my own question. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, um, gosh, there's so many things. So I, one of the things that I experience working in urban ed and suburban, um, you know, going one, from one to the other is, um, many times in urban education, like as you, you stated, we're in a sense of survival mode. Um, and because we're in a sense of survival mode, we aren't able to implement, like you said, the teaching and learning and different things to the level that we would, we would want to see high achievement. Um, and so I think that if we were able to expose our students to um, a high level of, of rigor, you know, high critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. um, teaching executive functioning skills early on in urban districts. I think that that for one would be a key um, because I do see the difference in suburban schools where students are receiving some of those things. Um, and and we, we can look at things like, um, you know, AP classes and, mm-hmm. and, you know, college readiness and CTE courses and all these extra um, things that are built into suburban schools um, because they are exposing students to that level um, of, you know, critical thinking and, and rigor and whatnot. So that that's one of the things that I see. Um, but also, I mean, obviously resources mm-hmm. just in general, um, just, you know, if, if we could, you know, one of one of my dreams is to see um, legislation so that in the state of Michigan, we could do more with funding from a um, ISD level or, you know, just something where we can we can mm-hmm. equal equal things out. Because I even in the suburbs, you know, where I'm located now, um, I see a lot of fighting for resources. So, you know, we're fighting for the same students. We're all school of choice. And, you know, it's almost like we're shopping for students. You know, this this district, we're stealing kids away from them. And, you know, because we have more money, we're able to do more things in this Mm -hmm. neighboring district. And, you know, so more uh, fair allocation of resources um, needs to take place. But I I do think, number one, 
I think the number one thing that we can do in schools in general that that would help across the board is we have to have supportive communities. Mm-hmm. We have to come together and work yeah. together, school, community, and parents. And it has to be a team with everybody having the same goals because I, I do see a lack of parent engagement in yeah. our urban district. Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, we – we just we all need to collectively work on that. We we know that um, you know when we have that sense of community and we we allow the community to come in and and help with schools because we need we need that help you mm-hmm. know in schools yeah and we need yeah. to welcome you know parents back into buildings and and obviously there's there's you know safety and and different things that are in play that have prevented some of these things from happening. Um, but but I, I do I think you know if we if we looked at the rigor, if we looked at funding and if we looked at, you know, community and parent involvement, I feel like those three pieces um, would would help some with the um, just the, just the, the difference differences that we mm. see, you know, when we look at um, urban and suburban. And, you know, and, I, and now I'm doing a lot of work also with my current job in rural districts. And I see that mm-hmm. rural, rural districts are also having some of the same issues as urban districts. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, isolated just to our urban district. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting is, you know, I, I still communicate with some of them, or, you know, even see their posts on some of the schools that I used to work at. And mm-hmm. those teachers and staff members is November the 4th. So we just got into November. They're tired now. Yes. Right? Whereas like, I'm not, I mean, like coming into this, you know, this position in this, this district, I'm not, you know, like I'm not tired right now. Like, right, and I, that's right. why I'm, and so it's, you know, it's some of the, like the yeah, fresh air. yeah, yeah. So some of the, you know, and, and when you talk about survival and community, you know, community involvement or parent involvement, some of that is, like the parents are fighting and the t- I mean the the parents a lot of times will fight with with staff with you know yeah. like they have a lot of so it's like with that yeah. and then some of the trauma like Absolutely. it's really and, draining you know, the, the, the the staff the the interesting thing and I I want to make you know make sure I make this clear now don't get me wrong it's it's not you know, they say the grass is always greener on the other side. It's, you know, it's not perfect in suburban districts. Oh, no, I get it. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you experience some of those same challenges mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you do, um, you know, one of the, the, the pitfalls, I guess I could say, of, of having parent involvement is, is they mm-hmm. then start to question your decisions. Yep. You know, they are involved and they, they want to, you know, sometimes be overly involved. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's that finding that balance. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in that type of thing. That's funny that you say balance. Like, you know, obviously we didn't, you know, rehearse anything. Yeah. So the next question is, like, how do you, because you're busy. And that's why I'm like, you know, I'm glad that you were able to come on today. Like, how do you do, how do you balance, like, work, life, balance? Because I, I I know you you and, you know, Jonathan, y'all travel a lot, The you know, Kaden and Jalen, like they're y'all always always doing something. So how do you like? How do you do a, a you know balance your family and your professional life? That's that's funny. That you ask that because I, I'm asked this question a lot, <laughs> and um, and, you know, honestly, I'm I'm all about a schedule. Like I I am a scheduler. Like that's one of the things. Um, you know, I I feel it's important that you schedule time for the things that you enjoy. You know, just like I schedule things at work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a work calendar. I also have a, a family social calendar. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and I and I honestly, because I realize if I don't make time um, and intentionally schedule things that I love into my life, they won't happen on mm-hmm. their own. You know, so I, I do. Um, you know, we we my husband and I commit to making sure that you know we at least have one day a week. Okay. Um, we we try to do things. You know. Um, weekly with the kids, we try to make sure on Sunday, gener- that's kind of our family day, Sunday family day. Um, we try to do something with the kids, but you know, we, we intentionally schedule things. We intentionally block things out on the calendar, um, just so that we know that, you know, we, we are committed to, to reserving time for each other and for, you know, our family. Yeah. And I, I can experience that because you text me about Thanksgiving, what, like this, earlier this week or last week or something. <laughs> So yeah, you she is she does she is intentional about you know the the scheduling and family and everything. So that that's awesome. Uh, and it, and it's funny because you know my my friends that know me know how I am about my my calendar, and so they will literally reach out to me months in advance, you know, for things like, listen, I need to get on your calendar because I know. You're- <laughs> I know you're busy, so I'm I'm putting this out right now, you know, for the spring or for whatever. Um, but it's just, you know, and it drives my husband crazy sometimes because we, we do have, you know, it, we have these linked family calendars. And when somebody does something, it pops up from the family calendar, you know, just so that so that we're all aware of what's going on. And, and like I said, just we're, we're intentional about making sure that, you know, we, we make time for one another. That's awesome. So how many, how many years have you all been married and, and what's, what's, what's our story? Like what, what, what would you say, like a highlight or yeah, tell us the story that you, you know, cause you've been married for uh, a number mm-hmm. of years. So how, you know, what, what's, what's your story? So we've been married 19 years, um, but we've been together 27 years. So oh, okay. we met in high school. Um, so we, we've pretty much kind of been together since 11th grade. Um, and God, what is my story? What are y'all the yeah. same age or is he older than you? We are the same age. I'm actually a couple months older than him. Oh, okay. Um, so we're born in the same year, but my birthday is January and his is November. So, oh, okay. so he always says, you know, he's got an older one, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it just you know our story that we we kind of grew up together mm-hmm. you know we we kind of we kind of did this thing called life together um mm-hmm. because we were you know so young and and i you know it, it worked for us I, I i don't think it it can always work you know mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily I, I tell people you know um it, obviously if i were to do you know had a chance to do it all over again i would um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's really important that you learn who you are, mm-hmm. um, you know, okay. before jumping into a relationship, because I think that's something we learned together and like mm-hmm. it worked in our favor, yeah. but it doesn't always work for people because I think you need to know who you are and what you're bringing to a relationship. Um, and that's hard to do when you're young. You know, mm-hmm. we were 16, 17 years old when we met. Don't You don't know who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. 16, 17. Um, so, like I said, it, it works. And, you know, what we have is great. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, um, God bless us. But I do think it's really important. That's, you know, when, I, when I'm talking to young people, um, I just tell them, you know, know who you are. Uh, you know, and I go back to my, my professional um, trainings I do know your values know you know what you stand for um, because that's that's just so important on your path 
So, like, I know you tell young people, I know you got two daughters. What would you say was some are some qualities that you found in and and am I? You know, I'll be, I'll be, I'm embarrassed that I keep asking you his, is, is it Janavis or Janavis? Oh, it's, it's pronounced Janavis. No, oh, I'm sorry, Janavis. I'm no, sorry. Nobody can pronounce it. <laughs> Everybody just says Jaden. Okay, because I, I was like, you know, I'm like, I don't want to ask, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Listen, it, you know, I'm in the family. No, no, He's been in the family. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, um, my, you know, uh, my mom, rest her soul, my mom cannot pronounce his name. So. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll I'll feel that bad then. Yeah. So, like, what what qualities were 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 in that you see in him that made you say you wanted to marry him? And then, you know, what have you been like? You know, because your your daughters are you know grown now. You I know, know so, right? I got a little adult. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> what what have you been like instilling in them as far as you know some qualities that they should look for? When they're dating, you know these guys out here because it's it's a lot it's a lot different than dating in the nineties now. Oh my gosh, it's so different, and you know with technology and all of that. Um, I, I just think we get each other. Um, you know we laugh, we have fun together. Um, it's interesting because we're not similar. You know, in some aspects we are. You know, but we're kind of like opposites attract type of thing. But okay. we just let the other person be them and okay. love every aspect of them, and I think that's what makes us work. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna tell a story. Um, so this yeah, last week, I like week, stories. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this last week, we, we were beefing a little bit, and that's just, I'm, I'm throwing it out there, just the reality of being married. You know, it, it's not always roses. So we was, we was a little beefed out, but, um, he knows that, like, music is one of my love languages. I'm all about love language. And, and so, you know, the, the real love language, mine is quality time. Like, I, I need time. You know, I, I need you to spend time with me. Um, but he knows I love music. So he sent me a text, even though I was beefed out, beefed out. I was out of town for work. Um, and he sent me a text, uh, Friday morning, yesterday morning and just said, Hey, I got tickets for that thing you wanted to go to. And I had no idea what he was talking about. Jazz. I, mm-hmm. I mentioned so many things to my husband. <laughs> I, li- I sent a question mark back and was like, what? And he sent me a link that I had sent him of a, an artist that I had wanted to see. And so he had bought tickets for this concert um, last night. And so here's the the spin on this. I love music, but I'm, I have a very eclectic ear. So I listen to a lot of different music. Um, So this was an artist that I know my husband probably did not want to listen to. (laughs) Um, It was, he's like a swing jazz pop. Like he goes all over. He did some, we went last night, he did some Latin music, like he just, he does everything. So we walk into this, this, it's like a um, performing bar that we've never been to. And we are the only black people in this oh. entire place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's the vibe, you know, we, it's us. And it's all, I mean, a whole bunch of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was great music. It was a little different, you know, something that, like I said, he probably, he, he I know he would not have gone to this event without <laughs> me, but yeah. you know, he knows that that's something that I like and it's something that I like to do. And, you know, even though we beefed out, this was his, his way of, you know, I listen to you. I, I get you, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So, and it's just that, that's how we are, you know, that's, that's our relationship. Um, you know, we went, we had a great time. Um, and, and that's our thing. We can have a good time wherever we are. It doesn't matter yeah, it the crowd. Like it it yeah. doesn't matter, you know, um, 
like I said, we we had a great time with the bar full of white people, you know, but it doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah. you know, because, um, you know, I, I'm not, you know, one of those that I, I have to be around a certain type of people, you know, generally, if I'm, if we're together, we're going to have a good time mm-hmm. no matter where we go. Yeah. And, and, and my, my primary love language is quality time too. So mm-hmm. you, you talking about, you talk about like having a beef and everything, what what advice would you give as far as you know, like you say, you you in a relationship, you are gonna have disagreements. Yeah. So, like, what what advice would you give of what works, what works, mm-hmm. you know, some general, and then what didn't work? Like, if you mm-hmm. what shouldn't you do in a in a disagreement? What should you do? So, I think you have to listen. First and foremost, you have to listen to each other. And it's, it is something I haven't always done well. And it's something that I know that I have to continually work on. Um, you know, we, we have to acknowledge the things that we're good at, but we also have to acknowledge the things that we need to continually work on because we are, you know, always going to be working on something. So for me, I have to practice listening skills because I'm that person that tends to listen to respond. You know, I, I got okay. my, if we're having a, an argument or we're having a, you know, discourse, I got my response ready, <laughs> you know, before you finish what you're saying. <laughs> so I have to practice sitting on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to practice um, listening. And every time that somebody talks, it doesn't always require a verbal response. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are those are the things that for me, you know, I practice. I know, um, you know, we, we both practice. We've, we've gotten you know, to the point where we're really good communicating with each other. But I think sometimes in newer relationships or when you're new in a relationship, you're, you you need to you need to practice that. That's mm-hmm. a skill that you need to, you know, practice. You need to understand um, each other. You know, I mentioned love language. I, that's another one. I'm really big on you need to learn each other's love language. That's good. Um, you know, because I know that my husband's physical touch. So I know mm-hmm. he needs hugs every now and then. I'm not necessarily, I didn't grow up that way. You know, my, my family showed love in different ways. The mm-hmm. physical touch wasn't really big, you know. Um, and so it, it's interesting me marrying into his family. Like, they're all really big on that. So I've kind of become that because I'm a part of the family now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was awkward in the beginning. There. Everybody wanted to hug me. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what we do, you know. Because, uh-huh. you know, it just wasn't really big, you know, in my my, my upbringing. Not, not that my family didn't love me, but, you know, mm-hmm. we just, we showed love in different ways. Um, and so he, again, knows quality time is mine, you know. So I, again go back to my schedule. That's why he makes sure that, you know, he, he gets on the schedule because mm-hmm. he knows that's really important to me. So I just think you need to know um, how each other functions. You need to respect that, you know, you may function differently and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Um, but you still need to communicate in whatever way works best for both of you. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I like, I have to listen because mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying as far as like if I got if I'm having a disagreement and I you know people laugh at me when I say this like I you know and majority of men we can't out talk a woman especially mm-hmm. yeah, me I know it. you know what I'm saying <laughs> like I was like I tell people like I'm not going back and forth with you because like right, right. I just talk too slow like by the time you you know I, mean, I can't out talk anybody so I just right. learn to listen <laughs> okay and then when you know and, and that's a thing i learned like okay i'm not gonna go back and forth i'm gonna wait for us to have a conversation but um 
if I'm disagreeing, I can't, you know, I'm not going to try to out talk you because I'm not, that's a battle I can't win. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, that's funny because that can frustrate someone like me at times because I, I and not that I want to argue, <laughs> but I want to have, you know, I want, I want the, I'm a, I'm a debater. Like okay. I, you know, I want to have the, the discourse. I want to go back and forth, you know, and again, I, I recognize it about myself. So that's something that I work on because I know that everybody's not a debater like me, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody's not going, like you said, my husband is very similar to you. He, you know, I'm not going back and forth and you know, he'll just shut down. Mm-hmm. And so I know to prevent him from shutting down, I need to sometimes back down, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I need to listen. Well, I, I don't mind, you know, we, if it's healthy, you know, a healthy yeah, debate, absolutely. that's fine. It's just long as, like I said, I just, if you're just out talking me and I can't get a word in, it's like, I can't, right. I'm not about to. <laughs> Go back, you know. It's no go back and forth. It's just you talk, you know, that person just talking. So, I, you know, I I don't mind being, you know, if you give me an opportunity to, to, you know, to make my statement. But if it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, they going a million miles an hour, I can't compete with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I and like you know, like I'm not, you know, you know, we just, you know, do it again, you know, do it when (laughs) when you're ready to to. Well, and that's the thing, and it it has to be the right time. Good. Because yeah, you're right. You know, it absolutely has to be the right time because I also know, and this is this is another interesting thing that you know I, I've learned, and this I I actually took this from being in the school building. So you know, in the heat of the moment, I don't necessarily want to have a discussion with you because mm-hmm. I know that I'm an emotional being. Most okay. women are, yeah. and so I need to you know sometimes remove those emotions from the conversation. So what I took from the schools is. We had a most most schools have a rule with athletics that um, parents, you know, cannot talk to a coach about an athletic event until 24 hours later. Okay, and that's to remove the emotions. You know, parents Mm -hmm. are upset. Their child didn't get played. They didn't get, you know, enough playing time. The game went whatever. 24 hours and you can come talk to the coach. But you need to take 24 hours because that tends to deescalate some of those. Um, emotions that are, you know, in that conversation. So I, I tend to do the same in my relationship. If I'm, you know, heated at the moment, sometimes sometimes I do need to get it off my chest. But you know, sometimes I know. Let me let me relax on this for a little bit, and let me, you know, come come back when I'm not so worked up. When do, when do you think a person under can understand that about themselves? Like, do you think that's Hey, you know, after your, you know, your your spouse or somebody just brings it, you know, brings that mirror to you and say, hey, you know what, you need to work on this. Like, how would you, you because these are some, these are some ideas or some things that it seems like a mature person understands about themselves. Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, I go back to knowing who you are. Like, I think you have to take some time to really like do some some self-work you know um and and because I didn't I would say in my 20s I wasn't I wasn't truly aware you know a lot of these things um and and how I operate and and what you know works best for my communication style and so I do think um it takes some maturing I think it takes some self-awareness and self-ownership you have to own you know, your quirks and, and mm-hmm. some of the things that you need to work on. Like I said, you know, I, I would not have 
if you were to have the same conversation with the 25 year old me, I would not be sitting telling you that I need to listen more. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I would say there's nothing wrong with, you know, I listen, mm-hmm. I, you know, those type of things. But but I, I, I recognize now that that's something that, you know, I I have to consistently work on. So I do think it takes some maturing. I think life experiences mature you. You you know like one th- one interesting thing that you know I wanted to ask is you know you you are since you say you you've been together for twenty seven years how and you're a different person at you know mm-hmm. eight seventeen than you are now how and this is you know for both of you how did you like how did you like grow together where you became like you still like were like you still maintain this this great friendship and relationship and marriage Mm -hmm. and you know and even though you're a different person Mm. i think because even though you know we both change we both mature we both um are different people early on we had conversations about what, what what was important to us um, and, you know, uh, I'll go back to, again, one of those driving forces for both of us is family. You know, family mm-hmm. is super important to the both of us. So I think, you know, our growth, a lot of our growth centered around that being the center and foundation of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, because family was so important to us, you know, our family that we created, but also our families that we brought into the relationship with us. Mm-hmm. Um so keeping, you know, that at the forefront, um, making sure that, you know, we both um, are centered in God um, and, and, and no matter what that looks like, because we both also came from different religious backgrounds. So my husband was raised Catholic. Oh, okay. um, I had never in my life met a black Catholic. You know, <laughs> I didn't know that existed. So, you know, going to church with him, it's funny when we were young and we were in high school and I, I you know, went to church with him and his mom. I'm like, are we at church or are we at the gym? You know, stand up, sit down, kneel down. Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and then I took him to, you know, my my cogent church. Mm, like, oh, that's so yeah. yeah. right, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, that was different um for us. So, you know, finding um in terms of just our spirituality, um, what works for us um has has been a challenge, you know, early on in our relationship. But just again, keeping those things that are important to you centered um mm-hmm. and and not not waving on that i mean the same way i talked about not waving at the workplace mm-hmm. i mean you can't in your in your relationship either because mm-hmm. that's who you are and if that's at the center of who you are um you know that that needs to maintain and, and stay where where did the family like was that where did that come from as far as instilling that being so close was that uncle benny or like where did that come from from your mm-hmm. side you know, I think it was it was a little bit of everyone. So, you know, my mom was a single parent for most of her life. I mean, my parents were very early on, but, you know, divorced when I was like four years old. So, um, you know, I was mostly raised at, by a single mom. And I think, you know, because she, my mom was so young and she was a single parent, you know, she needed the help of her village, you know, to, to help raise me. So I, mm-hmm. I did spend a lot of time with my grandparents. Um, my grandparents were obviously really big on, you know, the family, um, exposing us to different things, you know, through travel and, 
um, all just all of that. So I think, you know, just it was instilled early on the importance of, you know, family. Family mm-hmm. is always going to be there for you. Yeah. Um, you know, fam- family is at the end of the day, all you got, that type of thing. Um, and so those connections just kind of, you know, just, just went with me um, everywhere, you know, everywhere I, I, I've, or everything that I've done, that's always kind of been at the back of my mind. Just family is, is super important. Okay. Yeah. And that, and it was like that with us. And I know, you know, granddad, my granddad was real close with his brothers and, you know, he right. would always go to, always go to, you know, Uncle Bernard or Uncle Benny or, you know, Uncle Willie. We, you know, we, and we would go yeah. to those different places, you know, when we were in. Absolutely. In too, Cause so. we remember when we were younger, you know, mm-hmm. we, we always, yeah. you know, around the holidays or different mm-hmm. events, um, we would all hook up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, 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 um, you know, my dad's been doing that. And that, and that's, you know, one, one thing that I, I'm going to be, you know, big on is making sure that we're close with the family. Um, before we, before we be in, like, I know you, you, you recently got a new position, maybe, maybe the last couple a year or so ago. Can you, mm-hmm. you know, explain what, what you're doing now? And then, you know, uh, how has your experiences helped you with this new position? Yeah. So I, um, currently work at an ed association. So I work with the Michigan Association of Secondary School Principals. Um, I'm the Associate Director of Member Services and the Director of Middle Level. So it's it's always so hard for me to explain what I do because I do so much. <laughs> and it, and it, and it's Something that the, somebody um, would, yeah, something that yeah, everybody so, <laughs> so right, and that's the thing, you know, that everyone will understand. So um, one of the, my, my largest roles is working with middle school principals and working with middle school student leadership. Um, so I do a lot of trainings across the state with um, student leaders at the middle level. So if you know a school has a student council group or a um, National Junior Honor Society group, um, or even if they don't have those groups, they bring a group of students uh, to leadership training, or I come to the building and, and train them. And I basically help students discover their voice. Um, and, and how to use that voice in okay. schools as a leader, um, because it's so important that in everything that we do in schools that we are considering student voice, um, because we need to have you mm-hmm. know that student voice, and we need students invested and included in the work that we do because it's you know it's in their best interest. So mm-hmm. it, every, that's the reason I work you know there for education. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of these trainings to help you know that develop the students. Um, but I also do training with principals. Um, okay. So, you know, uh, for people outside of education, if you think of any industry, if you think of, you know, doctors, there's a um, physicians, they have their their association where they go get trainings. And, you know, um, that association represents them at the legal level and for legislation. And those that's kind of what we do um, for principals. So, you know, we help prof- give them professional development. Um, we help with networking, which, you know, I haven't talked about this, this whole podcast, but one of my other big things, um, when we talk about, you know, values and things I stand for, I'm, I'm really big on networking. Mm -hmm. I think it's super important to have a network of people Mm -hmm. around you because a lot of times we know it is, it's not what you know, it's who you know and how you get in those rooms and at, you know, certain tables. Um, so that's one of the things we do as part of our association. Also, we connect, you know, principals across the state with one another because, you know, I do, 
in in the job I do and outside, I truly believe in why reinvent the wheel if it already exists. Yeah. Um, let's connect. Let's connect people with each other so that they can exchange ideas. And you know, I, we're having this issue at our building on the east side of the state. What are you doing over on the west side? Because I know you're having you know similar. Because all schools have the same issues at the end of the day. Um, and so you know, we connect them so that they can talk about these problems and and problems. You know, create solutions and um, just just you know provide. Uh, professional services to principals and like I said the students as well that's awesome yeah and I think that's you know really good what you said as far and I was just talking to my principal about how it can be challenging when you work with individuals who bring a lot of problems but no solution mm, no to, solutions yeah yeah, yeah to, to, the, to the thing you know to your whatever it is and so mm-hmm. it's, it's always good to, you know, have a, a have, you know, have a, a, a sort resource that brings solutions to the problems and not just bring problems. Because it's and not just bring problems. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, some, it's some people that it's like every time I talk to you, you are asking me to do something to solve a problem. You keep bringing mm-hmm. something. And then it could be something that I that you can act. And, and what I've been doing. And that's why, you know, I was talking about having that experience is like if I was younger, I I would try to probably solve it for them Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. But now as Mm -hmm. being older, it's like, okay, I can help you. Let's let's help each other with a solution instead, you know, because a lot of times it's something that they can do, you know, they can Mm -hmm. do themselves or they can at least attempt to do, but they want you to do it for them. But they want you to do it. And and this is, you know, like I love how you said, you know, as you mature and you have these life experiences, these are the type of things that you learn. Like, okay, I'm working too hard. Let me, let me figure out how to empower these people so that they can solve some of these issues on their own. Because yeah. they don't always have to come to me for the solution. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. I think it's it's bringing that leadership out of, you know, the people that you work with so that they understand that they truly are capable. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have hired you in this position if we didn't believe in you and, and know that you had the capability. Mm-hmm. So now I need to figure out how, you know, what drives you? How can I empower you? to do some of these things on your own. What, what's your take? What's your position on if someone brings you this problem and then, okay, you give them, this is a, a way you can solve it. And they say, okay, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think first of all, for me, I would, I don't try to just give them a solution. So I brainstorm, okay, you know what? We're going to have a think tank. We're going to, we're going to, think through this. Well, first and foremost, I, as a building principal, I always told, you know, my staff, you can always bring things to me. I will always be a thought partner, but I need you to first think through and at least have a consideration of, of something that we can do with this problem. Don't just bring me a problem. I want you to already think Mm -hmm. through and maybe have, you know, something, and it may not work what you, what you've developed, but it lets me know that you thought through it at least first before you brought it to me. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I put it out that I, w- I was there to be a thought partner with you. Um, mm-hmm. we, we can, we can, you know, problem solve together and I will help you. And I'm, I'm a, they knew I was the hardest worker. You know, I'm, I'm a BO, you know, foot soldier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you through this, but I'm going to do it alone. And I'm not going to solve your problem because 
how I solve the problem might not be how you need the problem to be solved. Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't saying I wasn't saying it like I'm going to solve it, but it's like, okay, you have a problem with a student. Let's do a restorative circle. Like that's a that's something. Oh, no. You know what? We don't. That's okay. I I think we'd be fine. No, well. Because that's not what they want. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, like, I guess it goes to what you're saying. If you want to solve it the way you want to, you know, the way you want to solve it Mm -hmm. and you want to just use me. Or somebody else. They want you to. Well, and a lot of times it's because they just want punitive action. They just want to see something punitive done at the end of the day. So I think ultimately in those kind of situations, it's just going to be a matter of you continually to do what you do. And once they see that, you know, you're not going to handle this the other way that, you know, they think is the right way, then they're going to stop bringing those situations to you. And they're going to figure out how to to solve them in their classrooms on their own. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, Nina, today. Yeah. Uh, taking the time i'm glad we scheduled scheduled this and i know Absolutely. i know in the future to to make sure i get on your calendar if i to get on my some, calendar yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, um i we'll be seeing each other in a few weeks for uh the thanksgiving um you know yeah, i'm looking forward get together. to it yeah but well, thanks thank you thank, for yeah, having thank me you again. i really Yes, I and next time you, I'm gonna have both of y'all on here so we can talk, you know, maybe just about yeah. y'all, you know, the the marriage and 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 some advice that you can give. Uh, oh, that would be great. Yeah, that'd yes, be awesome. that would be great. All right. Okay. All right. Looking forward to it. Yep.